Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, good morning, wherever you're watching from. Wasn't that uh, time of worship just wonderful? Uh, it's just so good to worship Jesus. And it's a big part of who we are as Horizon Church, uh, that God inhabits the praises of his people. We believe that God does something special and significant in worship. That's why we encourage you to, to not just be a spectator in moments, but to, to lean in, to lift your hands, to worship, to praise, whatever it would be. Uh, God does something special in moments like that. And so we're thankful to the worship team, Rohib and uh, Grace and who else was on here? Shani, who hadn't been on uh, for like a year or more because of her job wasn't allowing to. And then Anne over here, whole team around there, so grateful to them. And maybe give them some love in the in the chat right now and let them know that you appreciate. They're here early, uh, probably before some of you are up. Uh, I know definitely because some of you are still in your pajamas. I can see. No, I can't see you. So, but anyway... But uh, next week, because I mentioned, mentioned this last week, that we would be uh, talking about having some in-person services. So uh, what, yesterday we had a men's support group. was wonderful. If you weren't there, you missed out. Watch for the next one. Uh, and next week, whether it's in the room or it's outside, we will be having some in-person uh, worship. And, well, the service will be. Uh, so watch for that. Uh, we were just, we were going to go ahead with, but there were still some details that we're waiting to hear on. So, but we will be in person in some way in Surrey, uh, and and Princeton is still waiting to hear what the implications will be and beyond that. But we're grateful that in these moments and in these times that God still moves regardless. God still uh, heals. God still speaks. God still delivers, and He does that wherever and however. He's God all by Himself. He doesn't need your permission. Uh, so let's be thankful that He is who He said He is. But it's important to recognize today is Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. Some of you are wondering what Pentecost is and all that kind of thing, but we're going to talk about it in a moment. But it's uh, over this past year, whether uh, your work or your family or 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 your, your church life, or your spiritual life in every way, uh, most of us have been, experienced probably more pressure than we have uh, in, in, any, in any other time. Uh, we had pressure before. I'm not saying that before this last season that there wasn't pressure, but COVID has exacerbated that and all that, uh, all the isolation and lockdown. Some of you are experiencing the pressure of financial challenges, whether you've lost a job or you're or maybe the pressure is the opposite because I know some businesses are so busy right now as well. There, there's pressure that way. The pressure of being a single parent locked up with your kids uh, trying to make things work when you, you're not able to maybe have the support that you once had. And, and then we see the pressure in marriages and we see the pressure in physical bodies. We see all of that that we've been doing in these challenging times, often alone, and, and, and even some of our older adults that are uh, single and living alone, it's been really strongly uh, difficult in those time, in these times. Some of our young adults that live alone. So I want you to know that, that we see and we know that the pressure that we're under and the result has been, uh, for many of us challenging. Sometimes the things that come out of our mouth are not what we, uh, would hope that they were. Sometimes our attitude is not in this space. Sometimes we're, uh, a little bit more 
fearful or anxious than we might have been before. And whatever's going on, whether that's worry or, or whatever would happen, and some of us have stayed, taken a step back, maybe we're not, we're finding that the vision that we had maybe a year, a year and a half ago, the hope, the expectation of God moving, uh, has kind of taken a back seat to survival. And wherever we're at, we're under pressure. And sometimes pressure reveals things in us that we wished weren't in us, but COVID pressures didn't make anything happen necessarily. They revealed what's in our hearts. And so for many of us, we've taken those steps back. We're kind of just limping along. Some of us have adapted to some new realities, maybe that are healthy, maybe that are unhealthy. And in our world around us, the craziness of our world is incredible. All the pressures, the tension, the hatred, the the division, all of it. And we know well what, what's going on in our world. And and it's important that under pressure, how do we respond? Is it still possible for a city to be changed, a nation to be changed, a family to be changed, your neighborhood to be changed, your son or daughter to be changed? But in moments of pressure, we need more. Can, can God do something in this pressure cooker, pressure time? And I think about when Jesus was crucified, his disciples were under extreme pressure. And under pressure, these men who had walked with him for three and a half years, one of them betrayed him. One of them denied him, not once, not twice, but three times. Some of them doubted him when the pressure was on. And all of them, except John, ran away under pressure. Because under pressure, we do things that we sometimes didn't anticipate that we would do. We speak things that we didn't anticipate that we would speak. And we find themselves, these disciples, these guys that were, they had ego issues. They were constantly comparing with one another. I'm the greatest. No, I am the greatest. You are. No, I'm all the stuff going on and fighting. And after the resurrection that we celebrated at Easter, Jesus then rose from the grave and then he spent the next 40 days with these same disciples, restoring them and encouraging them, forgiving them, teaching them, preparing them for his eventual departure. But remember, they had betrayed him. They had denied him. Under pressure, they had doubted him. They had betrayed him. They had walked away. And so how did this band of misfit fishermen that couldn't get along, that had ego issues, that had done all these things, how would they then go on to literally change the world? From that small band of people, 12, God changed the world. And just before Jesus returned to heaven, he said this in Acts chapter 1. After 40 days and he comes to them, he's preparing to return to heaven. He says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Someone say wait. I tell you what, have we done waiting for the last year, right? Wait. Wait. Why? For the gift 
my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm so encouraged by the word wait. It reminds me that God's working when I'm waiting. That even if I've been waiting for a long time for something to, to break loose, even if I've been waiting for a salvation of a loved one, even if I've been waiting, waiting for some fresh vision, that even in the waiting, God is still working and God's still moving. So if you've been waiting... Someone put their hand up in the chat because we've been waiting for some things. But even in the waiting, God is still working. And we continue on. Drop down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus was saying to these, you know, these men who had betrayed him who had walked away from him, who had denied him, who were waiting, he says to them, I have more for you than right here where you are right now. Even though you feel like you've got nothing to offer, I'm calling you beyond where you are. And see, that's what God does. In waiting, he's preparing us for moving. He's preparing us to move into new spaces and new things that right now they were not aware of. Most of these men would never have been outside or beyond Jerusalem, maybe into Samaria, maybe Judea, but definitely not the outermost parts of the earth. And so when God does something in our life, he's beginning a process to take us far beyond where we are right now. That's all for free. I don't Jesus is telling them, this is kind of his last words. And when someone speaks their last words, this is the time to sit up and pay attention. Pretty important stuff. He says, go to this place and you will receive the Holy Spirit who will give you power to be my witnesses beyond where you ever have been. The Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, when I say that, are already like, this is when it gets weird. It's when it's going to get weird now. But let me say this to you. How many of you ever, you hear a name and you instantly associate, you have a mental picture of who that person is, rightly or wrongly? Kobe Bryant. Somebody will, some of you have no clue who Kobe Bryant is. He's a basketball player that recently passed away. One of the best ever. Billy Graham. Some of the younger people will not know who he is probably. Kim Kardashian. Some of us wished we didn't know who Kim was. We bless her. Donald Trump. Y'all have feelings. I don't want to hear them right now in my chat. Queen Elizabeth. We all have a mental image or thoughts about those people and we have never met them. Our thoughts have been shaped by stories we have heard, things we have read, things we might have watched, rightly or wrongly, and we formed a perception of who they are. And that's what's happened with the Holy Spirit. Some of us have a perception we have thoughts about, we think we know about based on some experiences that we might have had that were negative, that maybe should never have happened, based on what we've watched, based on what we've heard, based on what we've seen other people do. And we, we formed a perception of, whole, of who the Holy Spirit is and we stand off from him because of that. He's kind of like the weird uncle at the family reunion. 
Y'all know that he's part of the family, but you just kind of put him over in the corner by himself and, and somebody's appointed to keep him away from everybody else because he's going to say something that y'all don't want to hear. He's going to speak in some way. He's going to say something and you're like, we know he's part of the family, but let's just keep him over there. Over there. And y'all, everybody has an uncle like that. Where, you know, probably in my family, it's me. But we all have that perception we know him. We know we should kind of like him because he's in our family, but we don't want to get too close to him. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit is not a caricature of somebody's perception. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is a person. He is not a force. May the force be with you. He is a person. He is God himself. He is the comforter. He is the healer. He is the one who is our advocate. He is the one who makes a way. He's our guide. He leads us in so many spaces. We're missing out because we're keeping the crazy uncle on the side when we need to invite him in to the center of who we are. At Horizon Church, you will hear us a great emphasis on the truth of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit as a real, life-changing gift and encounter for you to experience today. And we've all seen weird things if you've been in church. But let me tell you, sometimes the Holy Spirit gets blamed for weird things when sometimes it's just weird people. Just put it out there. Don't put a name in the chat. Don't put my name in the chat if you think it is. But we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the healing anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to see signs and wonders. We need to see the, the fruit of the Spirit. We need more love. We need more grace. We need more joy. We need more peace. We need more patience. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. There you go. There it is. Some of you are just figuring it out. But when we received the Holy Spirit, we received what? Power. Power to be witnesses of Jesus. Power that through the way we live our lives and the words that come out of our mouth, that we witness and give, give witness to the reality of God in our life. And that word comes from a root word that means capable, strong, and powerful. How many of you need a greater capability? How many of you need a little more strength? How many of you need a little more power? Capable, strong, and powerful. Stay here, wait until you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. You cannot do what you, what you are called to do without the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. We can't live the way that Jesus has called us to do. You can't forgive someone who's hurt you badly without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't love your enemy without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't get free of addiction without the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you that when we have the Holy Spirit, we are capable, strong, and powerful to break free from our past. We are capable, strong, and powerful to, to put worry on the outside. We are capable, strong, and powerful to have a new vision for life. We are capable, strong, and powerful to have a new way of living that was never possible before. The power of the Holy Spirit. He changes our relationship. He changes the way we think. He's our comforter. And he empowers us to be his witness. 
And here's our bottom line today. To overcome the pressure against you, you need the filling of the Holy Spirit in you to do what is impossible for you. To do what is impossible for you. Not by yourself. To overcome the pressure that's coming against you, you need the filling of the Holy Spirit in you to do what is impossible for you. You will receive power. Somebody say power. The experience and truth started the church. Before that, 12, 120 people waiting in an upper room, waiting, waiting, waiting. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, and then this is what happens. When, when a day of Pentecost comes, it's, there's a sound of a rushing mighty wind <sighs> blows into the room. They see like, like little fire in the room showing up. And then people, down in verse 6 of chapter 2 of Acts, says, when they heard this sound, this whole crowd of people, a crowd came together in bewilderment. When, let's try that word again. Bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. And then down to verse 17 and 18, or verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All people are candidates for the Holy Spirit. Everybody who follows Jesus can have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision and your old men will dream dreams. The empowering, awakening, strengthening Holy Spirit is necessary. Just what the same power that started the church still is the same power that moves the church. We need the Holy Spirit. Look at what the people said to those around. How is it that we hear them speaking in our own language? And that was literally, they heard the language that they spoke growing up. But let me submit to you that there's more here than just that. That God would give us the language for our culture. That God would give you the right language for your neighbor, that God would give us the right language for the city that you're in, that what God would put a word in you, that's the right word for your Punjabi friend, that's the right word for your Filipino friend, that's the right word for your Hindu friend, that's the right word for the atheist friend, that God would put a word in you that's the word for the agnostic that says, I don't know if there's a God, but that the Holy Spirit could come in you and through you speak a word to somebody around you. Maybe somebody in your, in your family that you've been trying to reach or a neighbor or a friend that you're like, ah, I don't know what to say. That's all right. The Holy Spirit has the word for them. There's a word for somebody. And the Holy Spirit has a vision for your life. It says he gives vision. Vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, without vision, you live carelessly. And I, and I know, because I would talk to some yesterday, that this last year and a bit, you've gotten a little stale. You've gotten a little bit of a pullback. You've gotten where you've lost some vision, where you're just in survival mode. So I would submit to you today, as I've had to do for myself, and say, God, by your spirit, would you cause vision to come where vision has been squashed, where vision has been put aside, where I've given up in so many ways. I need the vision of the Holy Spirit so that I can move into what God has for me. I don't want to live with just what's in front of me, but help me to see far beyond where I am right now because I need the Holy Spirit to overcome the pressure against you. You need the filling of this Holy Spirit in you to do what is impossible for you. The Holy Spirit is the vision giver. The Holy Spirit has the strategy. He has the vision to reach the, the gangs of Surrey. Why not? 
Instead of just saying, oh, I, w- I hope the police catch them. Let's pray for that, that, that the Holy Spirit would, would uh, waken some of them in the night with visions and dreams. We'll be calling them. We'll be putting people in their path. Why not? by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would give you vision for beyond yourself, a vision for your finances that's more than just survival, that God would prosper you so that there would be a purpose to your finances, to be a giver, to, to help feed people, to feed widows and orphans, to, to clothe people. Why not that God would give us a greater vision? And the Holy Spirit gives dreams. This is not just talking about You know, something that because you ate some pizza the night before, it's talking about a dream that carries us away to a a course of conduct. Because a dream that just is never acted upon is just a nightmare. It mocks you. But for some of you, the dream has been, has gone away. It's just kind of, you've forgotten about what, what did God save you for? What did he begin to move in your life? Why did he heal you? Why did he bring you out of addiction? Why did he come to you 40 years ago? Why did he come to you two years ago? Why did he come as some of you have come to know Jesus and I've never met you, but through the online ministry, you've come to know Jesus. Let there be a dream of God begin to come into your heart that you were not just saved for this moment, but God saved you for a, for a moment, but to change the momentum of your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And because this band of misfits, this 12 apostles this, that had become 120 was filled with the Holy Spirit and took the whole gospel to the whole world. That you would be his witnesses through your incarnation, how you live and through your declaration, what you speak. To overcome the pressure against you, you need the filling of the Holy Spirit in you to do what is impossible for you. I'm pretty sure that there's some, if I ask you right now, there's some impossible things for you right now. You feel like it's impossible to forgive that person. And it is by yourself. You feel like it's impossible to move forward. You feel like it's impossible for this. But can I tell you, that the more of the Holy Spirit, the more of the Holy Spirit in you, He could begin to give you a word. He could begin to give you fresh vision. He can begin to cause some dreams that have been put on some shelves that are dusty to be pulled off and blow some dust off. In Acts chapter two, the people thought that they were drunk. And we see it again in Ephesians 5 and 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. That's craziness. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit or be that drunk imagery. Why is there there again? Have you ever seen someone that's under the influence? And we talk about this in our set free retreat. But if you picture someone that's under the influence, when they're drunk, it affects their body. It affects their control over their body. It affects their judgment. It affects their emotions. It affects their attitude. It affects their speech. It affects their behavior. It affects everything when they're under the influence. And so Paul is saying, don't be drunk in that way where you're negatively impacted by alcohol, but instead be positively impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit so that your attitude begins to be affected. See, there's why. So that your speech begins to be affected, so that your vision 
doctrine begins to be affected so that where you're going in your life begins to be affected. Be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you get used to him controlling your life. If you have just a little wine, it won't affect you much. And in the same way, if you give the Holy Spirit just a little of your life, it won't, he won't affect you much. He wants you to be, instead, he wants us to be letting him lead our life. He wants us to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. And that word be filled doesn't mean just once. It, it carries the meaning of keep on being filled. But I was filled with the Holy Spirit in 1976 at a camp. Wonderful. And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. You need to be ongoing, ever, ever uh, present in filling with the Holy Spirit. We need more. We need more. Because all of us are under much pressure to conform to the, what the world is. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit in us to do what's impossible for us. I don't know if you've ever, I watch Discovery Channel and things like that. And, and there's one that, uh, about diving. And when you go below 600 feet, you're, you get into a, a totally different environment when you're diving. And you must have a special pressurized suit with air supplied from above. Otherwise, the pressure of the environment you're in will crush you. The pressure of the water on you will break your skeleton and crush your internal organs. And if you're in an environment right now, we are all in an environment that is putting pressure on us. And we need an air source, so to speak, from another place that we would be filled with the pneuma, the breath of the Holy Spirit, so that we can push back against the pressure that's trying to crush us, trying to stifle the life out of us and become all that Jesus has called us to be so that we can not only survive in an, this alien environment that we're in because we're from heaven, we're, we're, we've been bought with a price, we see, we're seated with Christ and the Holy Spirit is within us to allow us to, be, to move in the world around us. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we don't just survive in this environment, but we thrive. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's an experience at Horizon Church. We believe this, that it is an experience after salvation. Some people don't. We still, they still love Jesus and, and we love Jesus and we love them. But for our church, we believe this, that in, in Acts chapter 19, you can look at it if you want, but there were some elders who were believers. They were disciples. And Paul said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? They're like, no, we don't even know about this. So Paul baptizes them and lays hands on them and they speak in tongues and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need it. We need the Holy Spirit. Secondly, it's the non-option option. It's the non-option option. When I was bought my first new car, I hadn't, did not, I couldn't even afford it actually if I, I wouldn't do it again, but I, I didn't even get a radio in it. It had, it had no options. It had an engine and windows that rolled up and down and heater. That was about it because I couldn't have more than that. I didn't want any of the options. And some of us feel like the Holy Spirit is like the radio. We don't really need him or he's like the heater. You don't really, you don't really need him in Vancouver. But Jesus said this, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. It is clear that there's a greater fullness of the Holy Spirit that is not optional if we are to be the people that Jesus has called us to be. In fact, Jesus said we need the Holy Spirit. In John 16, he said, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. In other words, he's saying, 
Jesus could be there physically when he was here on the earth in one place at one time. But when the Holy Spirit is filling his people all over the world, which there's nearly two, a third of the globe is now a follower of Jesus. And around us is the Holy Spirit moving in each one of us, flowing in places and moving in spaces that one person could never go. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can go anywhere and be anywhere with the Holy Spirit within us. And Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, it says this, we know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. There it is again. And how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. Does our world need more healing? Yes. Does our world need to see the power of God? Yes. Then what do we need? More of the Holy Spirit and power. The non-option option, but you need to ask. In the Gospel of Luke, it reminds us, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, in other words, though you're just a human, how, and you know how to give good gifts, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something weird. He's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be supernatural. He's going to come and begin to move and begin to change and begin to transform you. And through the process of, of a relationship with him, he's going to continue to point you to Jesus, to enable you to look more like Jesus, speak more like Jesus, have attitudes more like Jesus, love your neighbor like Jesus, forgive your enemy like Jesus, do good to those that hate you like Jesus, witness of the goodness of God and the power of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was 12 years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. And when that happened, I was a shy 12-year-old boy. I, I, I could not hardly speak in front of people. I wanted to just be an accountant one day so I would never have to be around people. I felt self-rejection. I felt shame, all kinds of things. And I remember at Arrow Lake's Full gospel Bible camp along the shores of the lake. And I was there with a guy by the name of Bob Wittenberg. I'm sure he's, he's gone on to be with Jesus now or, or he, or he, cause I think he was at that time I was 12 and I, I thought he was old. He was probably 30. Uh, but in any case, I went forward and he said, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, I, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but yes, I do. And he prayed for me. I was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and God just began to do a work. He, I felt like I was just for 45 minutes, just washed over with the love of God. Sometimes it's dramatic like that. Other times there's not, no, no, no special squiggly feelings or squiggly feelings. What, you know, <laughs> there's nothing that you feel like that you just know and we receive because if we ask, God gives. And we receive by faith the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine God's power moving in the church through the Holy Spirit. Imagine sinful habits being broken through the power of the Holy Spirit. Marriages being restored through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lies of, of, of identity being broken through the power of the Holy Spirit. Passion being reignited. Hope being returned. Families being stained together. People far from God finding their way to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know Jesus, that's the first step to being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just saying very, very simply, if you, if you, you're not sure if you're right with God this morning, I, I do this every week because I don't know who's watching. I don't know where you're at, but I, I want to say this. If you're not sure if you're right with God, it's very, very simple. ABC. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. 
I acknowledge, oh God, I need you. I've sinned against you. And, and, and we could all have a long list of those sins. There are, there are not, and they're not some greater than others. They all do the same thing and separate us from God. But so we acknowledge that we're sinners. B, we believe that Jesus came to, to, to pay the penalty for my sin and reconcile me to God. And C, I confess, God, I'm a sinner. And I confess that Jesus is the forgiver and leader of my life. Come in and lead my life today. So if you'll pray something like that, let us know at prayer at horizonchurch.ca. But maybe you've been someone who needs a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you've never said, Holy Spirit, would you fill me and baptize me afresh again? Empower me. Help me to release the gifts of the Spirit. Help me to replicate a lot more like Jesus in the world. This is something that I do and it might help you this morning. Can I invite you, even if you're in your living room right now, or if you're in the room right now, we did this earlier today and Pastor Daniel stealing what I was going to do. Just put your hands in a posture of receiving and, and, and encourage you, even in, wherever you are, maybe you want to stand and, and you, need, you know that you need more of the Holy Spirit. And it's something that I do as I just go through visually from the top to the bottom and I say to something like this, Holy Spirit, I invite you to fill my mind. I invite you to change my thinking to be more like Jesus. I, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me so that I can hear you better over the noise of the world that's around me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me to see with your vision. Empower my vision to not just be seen through disappointment and hurt and pain, but that you would cause my eyes to see what you want me to see. Lord Jesus, I, I ask that you, Holy Spirit, would, would, Fill my mouth with your words that I would speak in a way that honors you, that I would speak life in every situation that I'm in. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would cause my heart to be filled afresh with fresh passion, that you would cause my heart to come alive again, that you would cause my heart to just be filled with anticipation for what you have for me. Holy Spirit, I pray that my appetites would be led by you, that you would cause me to hunger and thirst after you. I can't even make myself hunger for you. So God, would you cause me to hunger for you? Holy Spirit, my hands... I pray that you would help me to do what you've called me to do today, that you would help me to extend your hand to the people around me. And Holy Spirit, my feet, I pray that I would bring good news of great joy, the good news of the gospel. Wherever I go, you would take me where, out from where I am. Take me out of my isolationism. Take me out of my small thinking and lead me beyond where I am. Holy Spirit, fill me. And it's easy to just begin to think, my mind, my ears, my mouth, my eyes, my heart, my hands, my feet, my appetites. Holy Spirit, I need more of you in every area of my life. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm praying for people right now that there would be a movement of Holy Spirit is day in, day out, we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I repent of filling of other appetites. I repent of filling with the mainstream news. I repent of filling with all these different things that are taking my focus off of you. I repent of where I've held on to bitterness and anxiety and fear over filling with you. Whatever it is, just say, Lord, I want to release that, and I need more of the Holy Spirit. You need more of the Holy Spirit. You've waited. Maybe you've been waiting a long time, but right now, 
praying for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit so that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be his witnesses. You will be capable for what you're facing. You'll be strong to get through what you're going through. And you will experience the power of the Holy Spirit in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.